Hello and welcome to the Disruptors Podcast. We are celebrating our seventh year podcast anniversary. So we brought the dream team in for today's episode. And me, producer Harry, interviews both Rob Moore and Mark Homer on the current state of the UK. Who really controls the world's money? How do you start a business from zero right now? And how do you really make money in these hard and uncertain times? Most importantly though, Rob and Mark openly and honestly talk about their 17 years in business together and the hardcore life lessons they've learned. Some really important tips for everyone listening on today's episode. But before we get started with today's episode, I just want to say a thank you to all the listeners and subscribers who have been watching and listening over the past seven years, helping us grow on this journey. We're just getting started. So let's go even bigger, better and badder. But remember this, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. We're on the roof on the fourth floor, 99 apartments, 159 tenants. This is a very special episode. Seven years, nearly 1,000 episodes. And I thought no one better to have a good discussion and debate about all things business and money as my introverted behind the scenes business partner, Mark Homer. And this is Harry, head producer, who's also interviewing us today. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. What is the current state of the UK? So in the UK at the moment, uh, we've got lots of problems, haven't we? Uh, Strikes and ambulances not turning up. Uh, And civil servants uh, not at work, but I'm not sure anybody notices that, do they? So um, we're sort of carrying on uh, as usual. Um, I think clearly the main issue has been broken supply chains because of lockdowns and COVID. Um, Loads of inflation, around 10%, but it looks like it's falling. Government likes to say that's the war in Ukraine. I think the reality is that... um, they printed over £800 billion um, worth of um, QE, uh, which quite a lot of it found its way into the money supply, even though they uh, might not want to talk about that. Went into furlough and uh, lots of other grants and schemes, uh, which has generated inflation. Of course, the Bank of England didn't get in front of it. They didn't raise interest rates soon enough, quick enough, and, and, and you know, buy, buy enough. Um, so maybe to some extent you could say there were having to stay within the fold and do to some extent what the US and Europe were doing um, but they've been too slow uh, to get those rates up so um, we're, in a, we're in a place now where um, debt's out of control the um, government spending is, is going up and up uh, clearly taxation is at eye-watering levels and, and set to get worse um, and uh, somebody needs to come along and fix it um, and I don't think that's Rishi Sunak or Keir Starmer Yeah, I think the UK is the worst I've seen it, and I'm 44 years old. As an entrepreneur, innovating and disrupting and employing more than 100 people, you've got 20% VAT, now 25% court tax, 45% income, national insurance, all these various little stealthy taxes, business rates, all of this racks up, and then what you purchase, I wouldn't be surprised if two thirds to three quarters of what the average solo entrepreneur, small business owner spends and earns is tax. There's too many people in government, there's too many civil servants, there's too much red tape around the tax code, which just takes, what was it, Chris, our accountant says 12,000 pages, I don't know, but thousand, why not just have a flat rate? It's just, it gets worse and worse. And, and they, they have this office for tax simplification and lo- you know loads and loads of, um, sort of members of the government over the years 
uh, have said, um, oh, we need to simplify tax, we need to make it easier, and the opposite happens. It just gets more and more complicated, more and more layers of, of, of new taxes, reliefs removed, um, and it plays right into the hands of clever accountants, which you end up paying tens of thousands to just to, uh, to get a, a sort of normal, uh, which you end up paying tens of thousands to just to understand how much tax you should be paying. I mean, we have quite a big finance department and most of their time they're not working on our finances. They're working on VAT returns and tax returns and essentially we pay for them for the government to collect the money. So I don't understand why we can't have a simpler system, a flatter rate, a more fair rate. Lockdown. Look, controversial subject. But in my opinion, I'm just going to say how it is. I think that the consequences of lockdown, I said this pretty much at the time, are going to be way worse in the long run in what the lockdown saved us from. Think of all the effect of the economy. Think of all the hundreds of billions spent, wasted, maybe. Um, you, you speak to entrepreneurs and business owners in Britain and they're all pissed. They're moving to Dubai. They're looking at places where they can go and find somewhere where the tax is more fair, where the security is better. You go, everyone's talking about the crime in London. I don't even know where we stop, Harry, because I've only just started on the state of the UK. It's a real shame to me, like how the royal family's been ruined by Andrew and Harry. I mean, where do you want to want us to stop? What do you think about Prince Harry? I think Prince Harry is a disgrace. Um, you know, he's, um, he's, he's turned his back on his, his family. Uh, he's a turncoat um, and he's, um, he's, he's outed uh, a lot of their secrets, uh, which, um, you know, I would have thought probably the most central code uh, that they would have and that he would have always been brought up with is confidentiality and and you know he, he was sort of brought into that system extremely privileged privilege went to you know the best schools and you know surrounded by the best people and you know now whenever he walks in a room everybody wants to please him and he's got all these titles still uh, and and yet he, he seems to uh, rail against all that and, and, and say that's the reason he's so unhappy and the, the royal family have, have, have done all this sort of terrible stuff to him. Um, you know, what, what about him? What, what, what about, you know, what he's able to, to, to offer instead of just whinging about what they haven't done for him? Um, yeah, I think he's, um, he's a disgrace. And, and, Really, at the heart of it, you know, he's 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 trying to make money, isn't he? he uh, apparently, he's made 100 million out of easy sort of all, all of these uh, Spotify deal, yeah. tens of millions, Netflix, Netflix tens of millions, yeah. the book, yeah, the world record for sales. I mean, you could say he's a good marketer. Uh, you, you could, <laughs> but you know, there's a line, isn't there? Yeah. Um, you know, he's um, he, I, I, um, yeah, very, very disappointed with him and. My, my view of him has shifted a little bit. I mean, initially, I just thought he was sort of pussy-whipped. I, I thought <laughs> Megan had got hold of him, twisted his brain, lobotomised him, um, and uh, <laughs> promised him, you know, who knows what. Um, and, you know, she, 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 was, she basically got her hand up his bottom and, and was operating like a puppet. Um, <laughs> I think Jeremy Clarkson came out with that one, and he got into a bit of trouble, but I can probably say it. Um, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that was my initial view, and I think that's true to some extent. Um, but I'm, I'm listening to his book at the moment. Um, doesn't mean I necessarily that's agree with it. But outrageous, I'm, Mark. I'm, I'm You're perpetuating it. it. I'm, I'm finding it quite interesting. <laughs> um, I mean, there's some absolute nonsense in there. I mean, there's, we've just got to this bit about um, 
him being racist on this video and um, you know using the P word on this video to describe one of his friends you know in um, one of his sort of military friends when they're or military colleagues when they're they're going on tour and this video went viral and everyone came out and said oh Harry's you know not learnt anything from the Nazi you know sort of episode when he when he went out in the Nazi uniform uh, and he swears blind for a couple of minutes in this book that he didn't know what that word meant and or, or sorry didn't realize that it was offensive um, and I thought you grew up when I grew up mate. <laughs> we, we went to not a completely dissimilar school and we knew that was, knew all the language. We knew that was definitely a naughty word yeah. so you know if he's lying about that what else is he lying about Lo yeah. loads of stuff um, I think he's twisted stuff I suspect he's misremembered some of it but some of it's very convenient and apparently a ghostwriter has written the book uh, and I'm sure they're sort of milking him and the publisher saying, oh, we need more and, you know, well, that's going to be two million less unless you stick the real juice in. And, you know, that, that, that yeah. feels like what happened with Oprah, what happened with Netflix. Oh, yeah, um, all this thing about, oh, we just want to go to America and hide and be safe and secure oh. and I want to protect my family. <laughs> oh, we'll go on Oprah, we'll go on Corded, we'll launch a book, we'll go on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, at least if he's transparent, I think some of it is also um, sibling rivalry. He's obviously always been the spare, sort of second fiddle to his mm. brother, uh, because his brother was, you know, he's going to be king. Um, and uh, I, I think this is his way of sort of, in some ways, getting getting his own back. And, and maybe the tonic, you know, was, was Megan coming along and sort of, um, you know, he's, he's been a bit upset with maybe what his brother said and his reaction. Uh, and this is his way of sort of, uh, you know, beating his brother, um, which is pretty sad, really. Uh, yeah, but, you know, sad, all the media's gone for it, the public's buying it, I've bought the book, so I, you're right, I'm complicit. Yeah, you uh, are. Yeah. You're feeding so, the beast, um, Mark. I've, I refuse to listen to that book. I've sent him £1.50, um, <laughs> you know, and, and he's... Oh, you got it cheap, did you? Uh, I'll put it on. Use your credit. At least use your credit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's, I mean, he's... He's doing it for the hundred million, isn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, and he's, the disloyalty to his family is. is um, well, he threw his dad under the bus on yeah. Oprah. Oh. He's thrown his son under the bus. Oh, I mean, just... All while his nan's just died. I mean, what did she go through? And you know, you said about their confidential. You know, you said about their confidentiality. Yeah. One thing both you and I have really respected about the Queen and the royal family. Yeah. Never complain and never explain. The grace, the humility, the strength of the Queen and yeah. the royal family. Never complain. Never explain. All he's fucking doing is complaining and explaining. That's all he does. He's doing the um, opposite. And I, I know he likes to say that, oh, well, they say it's never complain and never explain, but all the stories you see about, or a lot of the stories you see about the royal family are planted and twisted by them and, and their sort of press office or press officer, um, which, you know, maybe they, they do plant some stories. Um, but I suspect the negative stories about Harry and Meghan, the vast majority of them, just created by the media. Of course the media lied. They're telling packs of lies on a daily basis, but you don't need to blame all of that on your brother and your dad. You know, maybe their, their press officer's been trying to push them forward a bit and get them more publicity, and, and maybe Camilla said the odd sort of crossword, but do you really think they want to create all of this? I suspect he's, 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 he's losing a grip on, on reality, uh, and Meghan's certainly uh, sort of facilitating that, uh, that mind-bending that seems to be going on. <clears throat> was that the answer you wanted, Harry? <laughs> that was, yeah, the answer I wanted. Okay. I, don't, I could talk all day about the state of the UK, but... 
Or are we living through the death of the UK? Well, all empires fall in the end. Even the great Roman Empire fell in the end. If you look back through history, I love um, Ray Dalio's take on this and I've consumed most of his content and he looks back through all the empires that grew and fell. He believes the dollar and the US are the next empire to fall and maybe China is the big new empire. So I suppose you could say through natural evolution, the UK, the Brit so I suppose you could say through natural evolution, the British Empire was going to fall in the end. It's just a shame it happened while we were in the middle of it, while we got to see it um, for real. Uh, but this is not the best place to live anymore. And costs are so high. We're one of the highest taxing nations out there. Our GDP future is really low, lower than some of the less developed European countries. I can't, I can't really see any upside being here. All right, the legal system's pretty good. You're glad you're not in Romania and you're Andrew Tate because the Romanian legal system, <laughs> it's a bit more rough and ready. So legally here, it's quite good. It's quite safe. Um, security used to be good, but apparently the crime in London's really bad now. Um, yeah, I think the British Empire is gone and I think we're just crumbling. I suppose in some ways it's good that you can be global now. You know, our business is lo local in the UK for seminars and events, but much of it is global. You know, our podcast, our YouTube channel, etc. People buy my books all over the world. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird time to be alive. And Mark, how do we fix this? Um, <laughs> I mean, the, I suppose... Complete overhaul of the political system yeah. would be a good one. I, I mean, I, I suppose what goes to the root of this is our um, our system of voting in this country, our electoral system. So it's it's first past the post. So in a, in any constituency, you know, people vote for an MP and then the party with the most MPs uh, usually forms a government. So you can have a situation where a party which got more votes actually doesn't get to form the government uh, just because uh, we don't run a system of proportional representation. Um, so I wonder if, um, the issue is with uh, first past the post, it's always just going to favour the, the two incumbent parties. So you're going to have the sort of Labour, um, Conservative, past the parcel, as we have done for many, many decades. Uh, and it probably needs something completely new to come along, a new set of people. I was quite excited, actually, when Liz Trust came along. Um, you know, a lot of our ideas were Thatcherite, sort of smaller state, lower tax, um, you know, and, and economic and growth focus, economic growth, and, and reduced spending. When she said it all during her election campaign, I didn't believe any of it. But that Friday, when she announced it all, I was like, "Oh my God, she she actually is going to do this stuff." Um, so I was really heartened. I was really excited. The problem was, um, she didn't have the right people around her, including the chancellor, who I think ended up to be pretty poor. To a execute it properly, she tried to hit it all with a sledgehammer. Do it far too quickly. Uh, I think she didn't get the OBR in to, to get it all signed off uh, and I don't think she explained it or articulated it properly. Uh, I think probably because she was not capable. Um, she wasn't really an orator, a little bit like Theresa May, quite wooden. Um, and um, unfortunately, what, what I think what, what's at the, sort of, uh, the root of what we're moaning about now is um, she's probably put that movement to bed for a number of years. I, I don't want to say decades because it just, it makes me feel so bad just thinking that 
you know, her sort of ilk, those people that want higher growth, want lower taxes, want smaller government, you know, have, have, have been sort of consigned to the scrap heap for a number of years because as soon as they come along, anyone in the sort of party in power will sort of go, oh, remember what happened to Liz Trust? We can't try that. The public, you know, you saw what the markets thought of that. We saw what the public thought of that. That won't work. But of course, it would have worked if it had been explained in the right way. Uh, it needed to be explained in a more stealthy way. Uh, you probably noticed um, with politicians when they want to put tax up, they don't say they're putting taxes up. They, um, they, they sort of put taxes up but make it look like something else and explain it in a different way. Um, I think you needed a bit of that with what she... The, the problem was she told National the truth. National insurance. That's a tax. It's just nonsense. It's, just it's complete nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, what pisses me off is that we didn't have the choice about this trust. We didn't have the choice about Rishi. So we have to sit in this country and just watch all these clowns ruin it and we don't even get a choice. The, the problem, there is no democracy, doesn't exist. I'm going to be quite controversial now, but the, the, the problem at the root of this, um, in addition to the other two things I've just mentioned, I think is that you've got more people in this country, I think it came out last week, something like 50-55% of households take out more than they put in. Um, and there's over a third of the working population are not working. They're doing something else. Now, all right, some people are long-term sick, but you can't tell me that the, even the majority of those people shouldn't be working. They should be. Um, and in addition to that, um, if you look at how many people are working out of our population versus not working, more are not working than are working. So if, if, if you sort of think about it in those terms, and then you think about democracy, who are those people going to vote for? Yeah. They're going to vote for the people... Socialism! Well, they're not going to be voting for people that are going to give them less, are they? No. Um, so, I, you know, as much as I'll be chastised for saying um, democracy isn't the best system, because usually it is the best system, uh, there are some serious flaws, and I think, you know, that's sort of uh, the basis of it. Somebody needs to come in and, and, and sort the, the welfare system out and get the country back to work. Yeah. 1.2 million people have, have taken early retirement because of COVID. Because if you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. Got into the, the sort of habit of furlough, not working, you know, all, all, the, all the, the sort of Boris just opened his pockets up and sprayed it everywhere. And a lot of those people have got addicted to living in a, um, a non-productive way and, and, and taking from the state. 
Um, and I know they're looking at ways of maybe giving them a year's worth of no income tax if they come back to work and various things like that. And they need to get on and do this stuff. A bit of carrot and then a, a lot of stick as well, but uh, nobody seems to be able to do that. And Rishi's just, you know, more of the same, isn't he? He's, um, him and sort of Hunter, high tax. Rishi designed the furlough system, didn't he? He's a, he's a, he's a sort of centre-left politician, like a, a social, social democrat type um, that um, believes in higher tax, bigger state, probably higher taxes than Labour. I mean, it, it's just bizarre, the situation we're in. Yeah, solutions, Harry, I think. It's got to be focused on growth. You can't inflate our way out of this which they're trying to do because you just devalue all of our money mm. you can't borrow your way out of this which they keep doing because that's unsustainable growth is the solution but we don't have anyone in the government that wants to focus on growth so it's a, it's a, you know growth comes from new businesses and growing businesses small yeah. businesses supply. attracting capital into the uk in subsidizing and incentivizing innovation and startups all, all of that stuff and it's small business and medium business that drives all of this and drives all the taxes that are generated but they're taxing the fuck out of us but they're taxing <laughs> the hell out of the small businesses the medium-sized businesses in fact that's because they're the easier to get the money from that's they true. can't get them from amazon so they get them from the small business absolutely so 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 they tax the hell out of the the part of the economy the engine that, the engine that grows your way out so so what do people what do entrepreneurs what do people who are running businesses think do you know what i might just clear off to dubai where they don't want to yeah. charge me all this yeah. stuff they, they, there's going to be a brain drain people yeah. have, i've seen it already loads. people are starting to clear off and loads of people i'm talking to are saying do you know what i might just be better basing my business online and clearing off mm. and and you'll just see more and more of it uh, and that just perpetuates the whole thing uh, even less growth, even less tax take, and a bigger problem. So, something that a lot of people say, which I don't think people understand, is I've got tax to rich more. But there's rich and there's super rich. Now, apparently, if you earn more than £75,000 a year, you're rich, which you're not, certainly not with inflation. So, let's say someone who's rich has made a million pounds or created a million in turnover. That's not really rich, that's small rich. The rich is the super rich. So, why don't they? tax the middle and new rich a lot less, which is where most of the economy is coming from, five million small businesses. Why don't they tax them less? And why don't they just take 5% more off the trillionaires and Amazon and Google? I'll tell you why, because they're in their freaking pocket. You're beginning to sound like one of those socialists. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a socialist. Yeah, yeah. in the middle, I man. So, well, I can have lower taxes if they, no. they get charged more. Do, yeah, but this is do you how think it goes. it's fair, though? This is how it starts. No. no. No, think... because because they would say the same about you know, who would? Well, the, the super rich would say, "I think you should take it off the middle band because I'm not yeah, in it. And I'm going to pay that." Well, no, I know billionaires. I've interviewed many billionaires who love paying tax and think that you know they want to pay more they tax. Say that I on know. these videos, Rob. They say that on your video, but they don't mean it. When you see how they behave. Which is often very different from what this they is say. how this is the problem with the political system because they're getting all the donations and they're getting their money and all the power from all the big you know i don't want to say the names of the companies but all the big companies so it, i mean imagine how many trillions they would generate if they just got five percent extra corp tax of google amazon facebook um, apparently they're not really they, getting any corp tax. they do need to collect it yeah. they definitely five percent more yeah then they don't need to be 
increasing the headline rate, but no, they, they need that, to be That's not better. what I said, yeah. yeah they, they need to be better so, at collecting it, definitely. Because one thing yeah. I've always said is, you know when people say, oh, Google pays no tax, it's not true. VAT, if they do draw income, there'll be income. They pay national insurance, all the employers. So they pay billions in tax. Business rates. Yeah, all of that. Duty on all the advance. So, so I, the I don't want fuel. these companies restricted, but it's the corp tax that they avoid by going into Ireland or wherever. So if the corp tax rate is 25 and we're paying 25 and they're paying nothing because they can you know, run their business in Ireland because they're pocketing um, and funding a lot of the campaigns, that's wrong. And I'm sure Google and Amazon and Facebook, etc., and all the other companies I haven't named, and I'm not criticising them, I'm sure they wouldn't mind paying 5% corp. And by the way, if we could pay 0% corp, we would. We can't because we're not them. So they're getting it wrong because everyone who's rich, who's getting attacked, is anyone who earns from 75 grand up to a zillion. Whereas they need to subsidize, incentivize, reward people for starting them. Why would you start a business in the UK now? Well, your VAT's gonna be 20, your corp's gonna be 25, your income's gonna be 45 once you start in a bit. You've got national insurance, you've got business rates, you've got all this money on date. We get fined all the time for this, that, and the other, late payment, this, data um, issues, this. It's just, they've just got so many ways of finding you and tax you. Why would you even start a business here? So how can the economy grow if businesses can't start? Anyway, next question. Well, <laughs> is it a conspiracy theory or just a fact that the UK is full of stealth taxes? I think, I think it's true. Um, what, what they like to do is sort of section 24, you know, yeah. um, taxation on landlords, you know, stop landlords being able to uh, offset all their mortgage interest against their rent. So their, their main business costs can't be deducted <laughs> from their income. Uh, so effectively they're not taxed on profit, they're taxed on some imaginary amount. In fact, loads of landlords could be paying more in tax and they're actually receiving net in income. That, 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 that's sort of how that's constructed. You'll never hear the government describe it that way. They'll say, oh no, it's a, it's a sort of taxation on higher, higher, um, you know, higher, higher taxpayers. So, you know, if, if you've got um, an income which is, um, you know, you're a lower rate taxpayer, um, you'll never pay that, which could be true, but you could be pushed into that at a lower rate tax, into higher rate tax, just because of, of that sort of um, stealth tax. That's, that's effectively what it is. Um, you know, something entrepreneurs else relief. Though, Entrepreneurs relief is a, a, a very good one. So example of entrepreneurs relief was, it was unlimited. Um, and I think it was you totally relief for selling your company, Se you building a business, selling it. And you could sell it and make an infinite amount and you would, um, I think you pay 10% even back then. Mm. Um, and as the year's gone on, that, that reduced to 20 million. Then 10. And then 10. No, and one. now it's one. Um, and, <laughs> one. And, 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 and so. <laughs> you give more than that for a flower shop. Yeah. It's not so, <laughs> so, so, you know, that instead of, I, I suppose, you know, the headline rate of VAT or income tax gets noticed in the media. Things like that, they can just stealthily reduce a, a yeah. relief to, to, to incre increase the amount of tax you're going to have to pay hugely. And there's so many other things, you know, construction equipment. Um, used to be able to put red diesel in, um, in diggers because they're not on the road. Why should they pay duty on diesel for, for diggers that aren't on the road, they're on construction sites? As of a few months ago, construction equipment, in fact, all, pretty much all vehicles now that use diesel, they've got to pay duty on it all. There's it's just another staff tax. There's one reason why this is happening. Because they're insolvent. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you what pisses me off. If Mark and I took in £10,000 in sales, 
to deliver a service over a year and took 9,000 of that and loaned it and invested it, that could be fraud. If we knowingly trade insolvently, i.e. we're taking money in for services and we don't have the money to prop that business up, we're essentially creating a Ponzi scheme needing to get new money in, you can be struck off as a director and that's fraud. That's what the government do. They, they have created their own rules. The cartel set up, mm. the Fed, in 1910, set up by billionaires, created their own rule, which is fractional reserve banking, and we can create money out of nothing and print it, and we can trade in sovereignly, and we can build up our debt, and they'll always be in deficit, and that can just go on and go on and go on like a massive Ponzi, and they get away with it. We would be, we'd be struck off as directors for doing that. Probably end up in prison if you did it enough time. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you issue the currency, you can just keep on borrowing. Uh, and you can't go, and, and you won't go bust yeah. uh, because you can just keep issuing currency yeah. and creating more inflation. So that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, and by the way, when individuals do that, i.e., Bitcoin, etc., they don't like it and they want to centralise it. <laughs> it's just a great big monopoly. And people have the illusion that governments and central banks are public services. They're not. They are private. Well, this is definitely something I wanted to have a whole debate about because stealth taxes, I seem, are completely out of control and it doesn't seem to stop. Mark, I've got something here for you. I don't know if you've heard about this, but there was a think tank trying to lobby the government to put a £100,000 cap on ISIS. I saw this. I mean... Mate, it enraged me when I saw it. That's, that's so, five years at current ISA amount. What, it, well, a, what about the growth? Yeah. According, so it could be three and a half or four years. If you get compounded yeah, growth on what you put yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so at the moment, there are, there, are, there are no limits on your ISA pot. So you can put your 20 grand a year in, you keep growing it. Uh, I remember, you know, maybe 10 years ago, you got the first ISA millionaires because it started as a PEP, you know, and, and then it, it went into maybe a Tessa and, and now it's into an ISA. And they're getting income from those ISAs tax-free and they can, you know, any, any sort of money they generate in there is all tax-free. Um, you know, quite fair, set the rules before it started. Um, and this think tank, uh, yeah, I think it was last week, suggested that the government should put a hundred grand cap on, on the, the maximum ISA amount. So you've got any more in your ISAs than a hundred grand. Effectively, you've got to sell them and, and, and keep, keep whittling it down. Just have a maximum amount of 100,000, a bit like the pension. They've introduced a one million pound cap per person. Um, so but aren't these things that actually help the economy? I know. Because the know. government don't have to pay for us. We are investing in our own pension. That, that's the point. Yeah. That's the point. It's absolutely... I mean, they haven't done it, but, you know... Yeah, but you, think tanks can end up becoming exactly. something. I mean... The, 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 work from home. You know they're testing yeah. four-day work weeks. They're testing if you have the menopause, you have a load of time oh. off. I mean, it's, it's communism. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you think about Keir Starmer and... Um, his plan to put VAT on private school fees and make, take away their charitable status so they start paying corporation tax and make them pay business rates. So let's say that adds 40-50% onto private school fees. He hasn't done it yet but looks like he's getting in and he says he's doing it. And by the way, he got that idea from Jeremy Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn dreamt this up and Keir Starmer's taken it and said this is what I'm doing. Apparently it's popular. So there's been research done um, on the, uh, the, just the, the, net effect, the net effect exactly <laughs> yeah. of this. So there's been which is already fucked. So the, 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 the government's had a you know a um, a body go away and, and do the research, 
uh, and they were talking about it in the Commons, and they worked out within five years the extra cost to the government of this was something like half a billion pounds because you get that many more people come out of the private sector and go into a state school. And that means that the government then has to pay for extra state And when you say the government, you mean the taxpayer. The taxpayer. <laughs> so the, the, the reality is it's, it's like shooting yourself in the foot. You're also um, defenestrating the, you know, some of the best institutions in the whole world you know, that, that create the best education, that create the best minds in our country. Um, that, that will create growth and businesses and everything else. And it's just more, it's like when they got rid of grammar schools. It's, it's the politics of envy uh, and it's popular. A little bit like the, the sort of tax on landlords. It's popular. Is that the what, problem with our government? It's basically what's popular and what's going to get votes. It. Get right. short term yeah. votes yeah. and then a little bit like the section 24 tax on landlords. Who? Yeah, we hate landlords. <laughs> exactly. Fucking we'll landlords. We'll <laughs> Who's paying for that now? Who is paying for that? The rents are going nuts. Yeah. The, the tenants are paying for it because there is a lack of supply. The, Our the economy is a cannibal. Our economy is eating itself and it doesn't understand it. Anyway, well, Harry, we'll be on this roof for about nine weeks. <laughs> just one more thing I want to uh, stay on stealth taxes. And I got a quote here regarding the, yeah. uh, the ISA cap, potential ISA cap. There's a, a, a gentleman here who self-employed. He owns his own business. He's only got a few grand in his current account but he has an ISA with over £100,000 and he ruthlessly invests every single month to grow wealth in his ISA account. And according to the, this latest study, he's going to be punished with that. He's got no pension. Yeah. So how is a, a normal entrepreneurs or, or people investing, how are they supposed to build wealth when they're punished for building wealth in an ISA in now? In the end, he, he will probably conclude, uh, or he may conclude at some point, I can't do this anymore. I can't grow my business. When I make provision to make sure I look after myself rather than falling on the state, you know, in several decades' time, you know, and I, I act responsibly because it all gets taken off me, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to clear off. So you end up with. You're going to go to a country yeah. that does embrace you, yeah. that reduces the taxes. So, so, so you're just going to end up with a cesspit of takers, aren't you? In the end, you just get more and more people that want to suck the system dry. And somebody, somebody needs to deal with this. And obviously, we both uh, love cars. We collect cars, and there seems to be a massive stealth tax regarding well, anything you to do with no car cars. By twenty whatever, you own nothing and be happy. There's ULES you char charges. says the World Economic yeah. Forum. Yeah. Own nothing, be happy. I mean, there's ULES charges, other congestion charges. There's now the yeah, latest legislations for in, in Oxford. For owning a car. Electric cars, there'll be no tax. There you go. <laughs> Everyone gets them. They don't fucking work. And now you get loads of tax, and they're more expensive to charge than buying fuel. And the biggest con. You didn't of fall all, for that, did you? By no, the way. I bloody did. No. <laughs> I bloody knew what they were going to do. Yeah. And the, this is the biggest con of all. That there have been studies done as to the full life cycle impact of an electric car. And at the moment, maybe not in the future as the technology moves on, but at the moment. You have to take something like 50 times the weight of a battery out of the ground in material to actually make the battery. And at the end of the life, you're taking all sorts out, cobalt and loads of precious metals. And at the end, decommissioning these batteries has a massively negative effect on the environment. So if you put that whole thing together, you put the particulates coming off the tyres because of the extra weight with electric cars um, and there's various other issues, they're actually worse than for the environment than driving a petrol car. Um, so, so certainly on the bigger ones, maybe the smaller ones, there's, you know, you know the, the, that's more questionable, but on the bigger ones, 
I think they, they it's been quite categorically proven that they are worse for the environment. Um, because, you know, in addition to all of that, you've got to think about how that power is generated. Over half of our power in this country is generated through non-renewable sources. So, you know, you've got gas-fired power stations, you've got coal now, they're having to, you know, fire up the old coal-fired power stations, drats, all, all that sort of stuff, because they haven't sort of invested in nuclear, have they, and, and done the sensible thing several decades ago. Um, you, you know, you've still got a little bit of oil. Um, so. You know, you have to sort of take that into account, how the electricity is generated as well. So at the moment, it doesn't bloody work. It's more expensive than filling up with petrol. Uh, that, that may sort of temper a little bit now the gas price is dropping. Um, and buying them is so much more expensive. So, oh, and now they're going to tax you. So the whole, the whole <laughs> thing is just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see at the moment why you would do it. Well, mining the lithium from Chile and places like that, it costs so much money and all the uh, environmental costs from that. Yeah. 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 You're exporting a problem to all of these countries. You know, it's a little bit like saying, oh no, we are not gonna we're not gonna take coal out of the ground in this country. Um, you know, it's not environmentally friendly. And then you see them importing all this coal from all over the place. All you've done is export it to another country. And then country. you're reliant on them. You're reliant on them. And, and then, then your economy is screwed yeah. when you can't get any supply because there's wars in other countries. Because Putin decides <laughs> that he's going to turn the gas off. Has Putin got cancer? Who knows, Rob? You don't know what to believe with no. all that. I mean, there's so many reports. This guy, I, I think he was relatively senior in their government, and he's constantly pumping it. He's got Alzheimer's. He's got cancer. He's got all these other things. Uh, but he still keeps on bobbing about, doesn't mm. he? And they see you see him tapping his foot, and you know he, he he walks with one hand on one side. But apparently that's all KGB officers are, were trained to do that to have their hand very, by the gun, by the gun, <laughs> yeah. ready to go. So, I, I yeah. you know you can't believe a lot of it. Really. No. Yeah. Right. So you're punished and taxed for owning your own business. You're do that again. You're punished and taxed for owning your own business. You're punished and taxed for owning a car collection. You're punished and taxed for owning stocks and shares and capital yeah. gains are going out, going up. So how do you build wealth? What do you invest in? What, what is a good buy to build wealth, wealth in now? Well, I still love buying buildings. Uh, you know, go and buy, go and buy buildings, claim, claim as many capital allowances as you can because one day you might not be able to. Claim a load of land remediation relief if you've got asbestos in there or issues in the ground. Um, you know, you, you, you get building, there'll be a load of repairs, which you can offset, all, all these things, you know, if you, you drill away and you do stuff that the masses aren't necessarily doing, that the government's not on to closing down yet, um, you know, you'll, you'll probably get a few years doing that. Um, pension, we're, we're still, this year, we'll, we'll probably, we haven't contributed to ours for um, a little while, so we'll, you can go back three years, you can put 40 grand in your pension, so we try and max that every year. We'll, yeah, we try and max that, you know, wash you can. Um, and then something else I'll do this year, I, you have to be careful with this, but EIS is still there. So you can invest in small startup companies. Um, and I, I did one maybe two or three years ago and it went really well. I sold them too early, but they were biotech. It was a biotech company and um, during the pandemic it, it went absolutely nuts. I, probably doubled my money or something but I would have it would have gone up ten times if it held them. Anyway, I you know if you buy those you get a thirty percent uh, tax sort of rebate off, off your income tax and then if the company goes bust and there's a reasonable poss possibility that it will uh, you get another thirty percent back. So the maximum you can lose if the company goes bust is thirty percent. 
uh, but obviously there's quite a lot of upside. So if you, I, this year I'll probably buy three of those, uh, probably just 10 grand in each, maybe 30, 40 grand, uh, and get yeah 30% back off my income tax immediately, which, you know, you're supporting startup companies that are generating wealth, you're employing people, Quite a, quite a good thing. Hopefully that doesn't get shut down uh, at the moment. It doesn't look like they're doing it, but probably won't be long, will it? So Harry, I'll add, because my side of the business is the information side. So um, we have 18 books between us that we've written, and I've um, written a good amount of those, or ghost-written or partner-written them. So information in the form of books and audio books is um, a great way to grow a business because you don't have any hard asset. You don't have to get premises, you don't have to get loans, you don't need stock, you don't need staff. So if people are starting a business now in the UK, in lieu of all of this skullduggery, <laughs> um, fuckery going on in the government, I would say keep it lean. So what business can you start or scale that is lean? And anything online and anything digital is pretty lean. So maybe you want to start a podcast channel. Joe Rogan sold his show for 200 million. Maybe you want to start a YouTube. Mr. Beast makes 40, 50 million a year. Maybe you want to run some education. So I have Rob.team. We split all, all the profits of all of our um, enterprises together, but Rob.team is a membership site that I've built, nearly 10,000 members in that. So you can turn your passion into your profession, your content into cash flow, your information into income. So as a business, that's also global. So if you are pissed off with the country you're in, um, then you can move to another one. Maybe you can get another passport. Maybe you can become non-domicile or have a different jurisdiction. So if you do take your money globally online, for example. In terms of investments, um, property is our main one because it still rules um, because everyone needs a house, rents a firm. Capital always seems to double every 12, 15 years. I like gold at the moment because I, d I don't like anything that the government touches. don't mm. like savings accounts because essentially they can pull that if they want. Um, I don't like bonds. I like stuff that the government can't get their mitts on. Gold, um, classic cars have gone a bit mad, although they might be a bit toppy. Watches have dropped a lot, so um, the right watches are, are probably good buy right now. Yeah, I, I like owning physical stuff. You know, you hear about all these revolutions and wars and um, overthrows of governments going back in history and you assume, well, we're more of a refined society now. Those things wouldn't happen. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you had the little capital thing, didn't you, where Trump egged a few of them on and I thought, <laughs> yeah. you know what? Like, if, if this, I mean, I'll go and bang on freaking number 10 if they put taxes up even more. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some things you I would You might do. be banging soon. <laughs> So is that the way forward? Physical assets, gold, watches, cars, property? Well, we like physical assets that you can touch and that are real and that are proven. And as you can see, the government are either taxing or limiting or talks about limiting, um, you know, some of the... They're not state-owned, but I, I just think money in the bank is state-owned. You don't own that money. You think you do, but you don't. It happened Lebanon, China, Japan. Ah, shut the banks. There was a bank in Japan. It shut the doors and it said, your savings are now government yeah. assets. And that was actually the statement. Your savings are now government assets. And our governments are insolvent. So like when you hit debt ceilings, what do you do next? Yes, there'd be a revolution, but I don't know. There was a run on the banks in 2008, wasn't there? Oh, and by the way, who pays the insurance? 
the taxpayer. See, so the banks can take the money, they give you virtually no interest, they can lend it out in the fractional reserve system at 10x, they can trade insolvently, your money has been lent, my money's been lent to Mark, Mark's money's been lent to you. If I want it, if 11% of us want it back, the bank's insolvency is manifested. And then the governments just bail them out and the bailout comes from us. So we've lost our money and then the bailout is paid by the taxpayer. It's just a freaking great big carousel. Why does the government hate entrepreneurs like you? Because they're not entrepreneurs. They're public schoolboys from Eton. I, I would have thought that they don't specifically hate entrepreneurs, but they, they well, see... Well, Nigel Farage reckons they do. Yeah, I, I think that might play into his narrative <laughs> somewhat. Um, I think that the government will go and get money from the easiest target, and they will do pretty much whatever to get votes, to retain power, to, um, to enable them to stay in their job in four or five years, every four or five years. So, you know, I think that... Um, you know, they'll, they'll just go for the low-hanging fruit. And if they feel like entrepreneurs have got more money and they're generating more money, then they're the people you go after and they're the people you start taxing. And we're a very small percentage, whereas 55% of the non-workers are this a very big it. percentage. So who, who are you going to make happy when you could get your votes? You're going to make happy the 55%, not the 5%. The workers. <laughs> yeah. So if they want votes and to stay in power, they're not going to make the entrepreneurs happy. They're going to make the 55% who aren't working happy because they get 55 their votes. So is it harder to start and run a business now than when you guys did it 17 years ago? It's different. Different how? Well, it's easier to start an online business. It's easier to start an e-commerce business. It's easier to start an information business. It's easier to start a YouTube and a podcast. It's easier to monetize social media. We had to go to networking events. That's where we met. Like, here's my business card. Should we call each other up later? You know, we had to, like we sat at a bar and talked for half an hour. So it's easier in that way. It's just more penal now. So yeah, you were paying less tax 17 years ago. There wasn't section 24 17 years ago. Surely there was, in some ways, easier and faster to start a business that's why you went from zero well, to where borrowing, you were when we started borrowing was a lot easier too easy uh, it would be, maybe it was too easy uh, so you could buy investment property easier uh, but you know the the yields were much lower you know you'd lose money every month uh, because the rents wouldn't cover mortgage rates of five or six percent maybe we're getting back there um, so it was different um, and you know it doesn't mean there's no opportunity no opportunity now because there is there's there's plenty of opportunity like Rob says you've got this whole online world now that didn't exist before in addition to that you know there's a, a load of other you know building stuff for the last sort of two three years has become very very difficult because the costs of materials and, and labor has gone up so much materials especially um, you know I'm hearing more and more of that's drifting down now and that that'll start working again as land prices are dropping the prices of buildings are dropping so we'll probably come into a time where the numbers start adding up again. So these things come and go. They'll, they'll be little sort of doors will open, you know, and, and doors will close. Uh, so it, I don't see it as sort of harder or easier. It's, it's different and it depends what you're doing. Some industries are better, some are worse. And being an entrepreneur is about finding the opportunity, the new opportunity, the new trend. That's what it's all about. We've reinvented our business a good two or three times. We have. I was thinking about that the other day. I mean. We started this business as a little property sourcing business, and then it became a training business. Now you're sort of doing all this stuff. Yeah, and, then, like, the, and, and then the big development. And then the big development. So, 
we've, we've, I think we've been through three iterations now. Mm. Um, so you've got to change, iterate, and, and, and of course we've got a digital, um, you know, a digital marketing agency now, which would never have existed. So yeah, if you don't move, change, uh, and, and, and sort of flex your business, then it will die. And Harry, just want to put things into context. I know we've had a good rant about the government and I believe everything I've said. That doesn't mean business isn't good, business is good. It doesn't mean there's not great opportunity. There's great opportunity. You've just got to leverage what you can leverage. And if you have to be more global, like the lockdown, for example, I had so many things I think were so wrong about that. And it was fucking hard for us. I mean, we had about 100 staff in the office, you know, plus or minus five. It was literally bang, almost bang on 100. And to think, well, we might have to let everyone go. That is like the nightmare that you have as an employer that you never want to face. But in many ways, it was really good for us. It's made us stronger. In fact, we had one of our best years in revenue last year and we found new opportunities. So um, you have to leverage. I'm not really a moaner, I'm a ranter. So when I rant about things, I'm, I'm not upset, I'm not sad, I'm not depressed, I'm not a victim. I'm ranting about it to create energy to go and fucking do something about it. Who controls the world's money? Vanguard, BlackRock. <laughs> um, well, is that conspiracy BS? I mean, no, I, not, I own Vanguard. I own Vanguard shares. Does that mean I control it's the world? Not conspiracy. Then? Maybe not Vanguard because it's a tracker, but I think BlackRock and and I don't know Blackstone and in this country maybe LNG and. Well, Blackstone LNG. just bought all of Justin Bieber's music, didn't they? Blackstone. Hundred mil, two hundred mil, two hundred mil. Yeah. I think those big asset managers. Yeah. I think that's a that's a. That's a good call, I think well, that's probably about right. We interviewed someone, didn't we, who'd managed about 160 billion. Mm. I think it was pension fund money. And you know, you were seeing the central banks or the billionaires control the money. But he said these big asset funds, managers. Yeah, these asset managers have crazy money. They do. They do. Yeah. And, and look at what they own. They own everything. They do. So um, and by the way, the media though, you said who controls the world's money. And there was some a mention of those. And by the way, they're, they're not all conspiracy theories. They're invested in so Everyone's like, oh, Vanguard, Black, what they are, you know, and all the, all, all the evil, nefarious stuff. They own everything. Um, so they're well diversified. We should just do it through the rain. Don't worry about the rain. <laughs> um, but um, whilst they may control a great deal of the money flow, we control our own money. You know, keep it out of the bank where you can. Um, be good at earning it. Be good at investing it. We control our own money. But the I, media, though, can, whoever controls the world is who controls the media. Because you said, you know, Mark Rupert just, Murdoch. Because <laughs> yeah. Mark just said, you know, stories planted in the media. But that's where all the propaganda is propagated from. The me, whoever controls the media, and I don't know who controls the media. Rupert Murdoch. He's surely the most powerful media figure in the world. And um, where do the Rothschilds sit in this? <laughs> well, from, probably not as powerful in terms of the media. Mm. So I think whoever controls the media controls the world. Are the central banks a scam? The central banks are a, a monopoly um, in the veil of a public service when in reality they're a private for-profit organisation. As long as you know that, it's fine, isn't it? Because, you know, for example, <coughs> printing money is debt. In, in a way, it's just a Ponzi, isn't it? Mm. I.e., we're building more and more debt, money for nothing, When's it getting paid back? Can never. Never, exactly. But if I could print my own, if you could start a company and print your own money, would you do it? 
Yeah. Of course you fucking would, and yeah. so would I. Yeah. So what it is, it's a really clever, monopolised, private conglomerate or cartel. The Fed apparently was launched in 1910 by some, a quarter of, some big cheeses in America who owned a quarter of the money. What, the Jack, the Jekyll Island. Jekyll Island. Jekyll Island. <laughs> That's one theory. <laughs> one theory. But, yeah. I mean, human beings have a, a leaning towards greed and power. And like, let's be honest here, Mark. If we could create a monopoly in the property training industry in Absolutely. our niche, would we? Absolutely, Absolutely you would. Why wouldn't you? Would you try and get rid of all your competitors and own the space? Of course you would. So it's the, it's it's the ultimate objective of yeah. every business. Yeah. Obviously, loads it's of the big market ones like share. to. Market share. Of course it is. You know, the, the big ones like to wax lyrical about you know being anti-monopoly and, and hate and loving competition all that. If, if the truth is, if they told you the truth, of course they'd love to monopolise the whole thing, but the authorities stop them. Mm. Although the authorities are them. <laughs> yeah. So how can you get control on your wealth when the government and the banks just keep printing money, inflation is skyrocketing? Don't have all your money in money, because yeah, money isn't an asset. And you need, you need real assets, don't you? So you need property, you need equities, um, you, you, yeah, physical assets like Rob mentioned. Digital assets. Um, yeah, some, some Bitcoin's probably a good idea. A lot of the others are just rubbish, I think, uh, in terms of, you know, cryptocurrencies, maybe Ethereum. I, you know, I, I've got a bit, some Bitcoin, um, as long as it's stored in the right way. We've always oh, done that. Story. Always done it. You know, put it on memory sticks and sort of it kept in. it off the exchanges. Uh, way before FTX we were doing that. Um, so yeah, I think you just need to take control of it and put it into real assets um, rather than leaving it in cash. Uh, or, I mean, yeah, government bonds, you're sort of perpetuating that, 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 that sort of, you, you will have some bonds. If you've got any funds, often it, some of it gets put into bonds, but. But it's well diversified. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. soft assets, hard assets. Get as much hard asset and as less soft asset. So soft asset is money. Money is a liability, not an asset. The banks know money is a liability. That's why they go lend it out and don't leave it on their balance sheet. Um, on their balance sheet, it's a liability because it's debt. So get out of money. Don't rely on money. As soon as you've got any form of cash or savings, hard assets. Now, some people say, oh, well, isn't the stock market? Um, no, because it's diversified across a load of companies and you're putting it into big companies that have got proven history. But yeah, I'm more and more into property and gold and watches and physical stuff. You're, you're hugely overweight on property, hugely, uh, as I am. Yeah. Uh, but that's your fault. You, you, you manage the portfolio. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Mark, yeah. is it true that for your wedding you were gifted quite a bit of Bitcoin? I, I still don't know exactly how much, but I, I, I did get a, a nice little chunk from one of our business partners, yeah. Did you have any idea how much it was worth then? Because surely no, it's worth considerable. I still haven't looked, and I still haven't worked out how to work it out. And I asked him not long ago, and he said, I can't remember how much I put on there, but it was a reasonable amount. Um, so <laughs> when, gonna, when did you get married? How many years ago? Uh, 17, 2017. Oh, so the price of Bitcoin was probably, what, a grand back then? Less? It, 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 it wasn't that much. So I'm, I'm looking forward to... I almost don't want to know because <laughs> if, he, if he really hasn't bought us very much, then uh, we're going to be disappointed. Um, I'm just going through a process at the moment. I was trying to buy some when it was 13 or 14 down sterling. Uh, it's gone up a bit now and I'm getting less interested again. But I, I've actually got um, a Trezor, a Ledger, and a, I can't remember the other, uh, three, three different types of storage. And 
I'm just going through the process, so I was going to do it as part of that. So I'll, I'll probably find out, surely. I don't want to be disappointed, though. But it'll have gone up a lot, won't it? <laughs> yeah. He might have bought me one Bitcoin, do you think? Maybe. One way to find out. Is it who I think it is? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, he got in Bitcoin so early. He's a Bitcoin zillionaire. So. <laughs> Are we sleepwalking into a recession? No, we're, 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 we're no, nosediving into <laughs> yeah, it. We're, the plane is going. We're down. in a recession, I think. We're not, it, we're not yeah. sleepwalking into yeah. it. The numbers just aren't out yet. Um, I think it's shallower than a lot of people were I predicting. I think it's going to go or, deep and long. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's probably shallow now um, because I, I think the energy has not been as bad because the energy is backed off quite a bit now. The gas price has dropped a lot. Um, Don't so, you think, though, the implications and the costs of lockdown are just going to drag out and drag out? I think they will, and I think there'd be a huge drag on growth. Yeah. And I, I also think that we've got issues from, from Brexit and trade mm. and all this stuff, which means we're going to, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be just bumping in, I think, in the positive way, not in recession, but I think it's going to be real anemic growth and it's going to go on and on until somebody has got the balls and, and the, the sort of stickability and and the ability to just work at this and then fix it all. They need, they need a full sort of four or five year term to do a load of unpopular stuff um, and, and to get on with it. Um, where is Margaret Thatcher when you need her? <laughs>